Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, November 10th edition. I am joined by one Matt Riddle. Matt, you had an interesting week. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You want to expand beyond yeah? Well, you mean like the previous weekend? Like, I had a good weekend wrestling, you know, Uh had the, you know, wrestled at AIW which is really good. Then wrestled for beyond and I won the tournament for today and I beat Donovan Dijak and a bunch of other stallions, Gresham, Chris Dickinson. And, uh, and then I signed a deal. I signed the deal like last week. Yeah. You broke the news here on the fightful.com podcast. Yeah. But, uh, signed a deal with, uh, you know, WWN and, uh, Things are good, good with that. So, so it's a multi-year deal. Multi-year, multi-year. That's pretty nice. It's good. It's good. The money, the money's good. Everything's good. The dates are good. You know, me, I mean, me and Gabe have a really good relationship, and me and Sal have a really good relationship, and uh, and then you know. Means I've been working a lot with the China fights and just working together side by side, and uh, I think a lot of that just came through. And you know, I think they, uh, yeah, they've given me the ball in more than one court, and I think I've ran with it in both courts. So things are good. So I mean, I know that when you've talked to me about this before, you said that you kind of expected to already be in like a WWE or something by now. But then when you got more of a feel of independent wrestling and stuff, I'm sure you see the struggles that many go through on the indie circuit and to have a deal this early, like a contract like that, that's got to be pretty, pretty reassuring of your, your abilities and all, all that stuff. Yeah. But I, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think I'd ever sign a contract, especially in professional wrestling, unless I knew like, the person I signed the contract with had my best intentions, not just offering me the best amount of money. Because I see a lot of people that take deals with companies. I'm not going to mention company names, but then like they get put on the back burner and they don't get paid unless they work. But they're under contract, so they can't do eye pay per views or anything else. And it, you know, it's really detrimental. How do you how do you think this will be different from? I mean, like like a Ring of Honor or a TNA if you were to sign there. Well, I can 
work basically anywhere, you know? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, like, you know, I can always go to the WWE, as you've seen with multiple other WWN employees or signees, you know? And, uh, yeah, so it's like, so if I was going to go anywhere, WWE, right now they're giving me the door to go all around the world. I'm already going over to Progress, and I'm just, I'm wrestling everywhere, and I don't know. I think they just wanted to get on the riddle train, you know? You've talked to me a lot about these fights in China, too. What's up with that? What exactly is going on with that situation? So I put a fight team together uh, from Syndicate MMA out in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we have a team that's going over. They're going to represent, you know, the United States plus Team Syndicate Mixed Martial Arts in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we're going out. We're leaving November 29th. The fights are December 7th. And we're flying back December 9th. But uh, this is the first time I think mixed martial arts, like professional high-level mixed martial arts, is going to be on mainland China. And I don't even know if they've ever actually had, like, mixed martial arts, like, in China, like, sanctioned mixed martial arts, so... Well, they had the tough China. I don't know if it was there or where it was or where it actually ended up being. But, I mean, they had that at least on broadcast of some sort. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes down. you got a big weekend. Oh, a lot oh, of people have a big weekend. And, and, it's, and it's, in a, it's in an Olympic stadium that holds 91,000 people, and I Jesus. think it's already, like, selling out or something. And it's going to be on Jeez. national television. It's, like, a huge national event, so... That's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> pretty sweet stuff. So you you have a big weekend coming up. There's a lot of people that have a big weekend coming up this weekend. Uh, big but weekends. That's what we live for. It is, especially in this business. Um, you'll be in New York, yeah? I'll be in New York. And I think you're facing Dustin on the 12th. And sexy, sexy Chucky T, a.k.a. Dusty, a.k.a. Dustin. Yeah. And uh, Chris Hero on Sunday. The the trilogy. Man, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, it should be good. should be good. Interesting. Also, uh, I know that uh, – Drew Galloway and Dustin, they're going to face Tracy Williams and uh, Fred. Uh, how do I pronounce that last name? Yay high. Yay high. There you go. Yay high. I know it'll be the last time any team representing Catchpoint can challenge Drew Galloway and Dustin. A lot on the line this weekend. Big weekend. And you're first on Flow Slam. Yeah. Flow Slam will be there. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big deal. Big deal. Probably, how you think it, how you think it works with you and Matt Riddle? You gonna go in there and uh, play patty cake with him? With, with Dustin? With with Chris Hero? Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna we're <laughs> definitely gonna go hard. It's it's the third match. The first one was good. The second one I thought was a little better. And I would imagine the third one, you know, if they booked it again, they probably want some kind of brutal match. So. How many, how many of these do you have in you a weekend? Like, if you had to go brutal, like, three times a weekend, would you? 
Well, this past weekend, I wrestled a tournament Sunday, and that was three matches just Sunday. And then That's right. And that was in Providence, Rhode Island. And the night before, I was in Cleveland, Ohio, and I wrestled that night and Friday night in Cleveland. So how many matches did you wrestle last weekend? Like five? Eight. Eight? Oh, no, no, no. Five. You're right. I was, I was like, what like, the what? hell? <laughs> Jesus, Matt. So, yeah, you had a busy week, and you've got another busy week. Obviously, uh, Evolve 72, uh, November 12th. Evolve 73, November 13th. You can check, catch those on Flow Slam, guys. Uh, you're going to see guys like uh, Chris Hero, Ethan Page, Zach Sabre. Some guy named Matt Riddle, he's okay. He's all right. Uh, and if you're there, you get to see Tommy End. That's pretty cool. Yeah, dark match style And uh, William Regal will be at, I think, the Sunday show for a special appearances, pictures, autographs, stuff like that. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, are you going to get an autograph from him? You know, probably not. I don't want to mark out. Yeah. You know. I'm not a big autograph guy. I've never given a shit about autographs or pictures or anything I've like that. I've never, never, I think I got maybe Sergeant Slaughter's autograph <laughs> at, a, at like a Rite Aid or a CVS in my, or Eckert. Well, he's, a G- he's an Eckert. He's a G.I. Joe. You have to. He, I did. He was there. I'm a pro wrestling fan. I got, I got to the line, the signing early. Because back then I felt like signings were packed to the brink. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was at a um, some sort of like scare festival or something they had here in Kentucky, and Mike Mondo, who is on uh, WWE right now in the Spirit Squad, and Jim Cornette were there, and I just walked over to their desk to talk to him, and they immediately signed it at eight by ten. They're like, "Here you go, twenty bucks," and I was like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't. I don't want that. That's not, not a big autograph guy. Me neither. Never. Never was." Don't like doing them too much. I will. You can get Dan Hardy's autograph, maybe. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm pushing for Flow Grappling to book that. Yeah, right. Dan Hardy would... (laughs) Please tell him to push that. Because there's no way Dan Hardy would agree to a grappling match, let alone an MMA fight. I I, I I might be able to get him to agree to like a kickboxing session. But probably not. Man. I think that would be interesting. I, I hey, I like that they're doing the, the John Jones Dan Henderson wrestling match. That's a that's a pretty big haul for flow grappling. Yeah. But who is it? Dan Henderson and John Jones. Oh hey, that's big. What do you think of his suspension? He's suspended until next July. Apparently he took, and I quote, a dick pill. It was tainted, and the and USADA actually cleared him of any wrongdoing. And he said, "Dick pill." He said, "Dick pill." He sure did. He doesn't. He doesn't give much of a shit. I don't. Wow. That's all, that's all you got. Wow. Well, what am I supposed to say? These dudes are like in their prime, and they're all like popping for steroids. Oh wait, no, it's not steroids. It's dick pills. And yeah. It's like. I don't know, fellas. You buying that? That John Jones needs dick pills? If you're able to be whooping at, well, maybe he needs dick pills if you do a lot of cocaine. <laughs> you know, like, 
I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Are you insinuating that today John Jones continues to partake in the use of recreational drugs? I don't think so. I don't think so. USADA does not test for that, by the way, unless it's in competition. USADA, and, and the reason, for those of you who don't know, the reason why USADA won't test for marijuana or cocaine outside of fight week is because they don't want to be vice cops. That's not their jobs. Their job is to prevent the use of performance-enhancing drugs. But apparently a buddy gave him a pill. He took it. His buddy admitted to it. And it was, in fact, tainted with uh, clomiphene. Now, the... This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard, and it's so ghetto. Right? It's, it's pretty dumb. And it's, ha- here's the thing. Had he disclosed it on his paperwork and said, hey, I took this pill, he wouldn't have – he'd be back in like a month. But because he didn't disclose it, USADA was like uh, – or the arbiters were like, uh, we're going to let you sit out a little longer. Yeah, but like, they would have just yelled at him and been like, bro, you took a pill. You're a professional fighter, and you just took a pill. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy, especially at that level of the game when you got that much riding on it. So if you, if you were if you, you were in UFC present, go ahead. Sorry. Do you think that's really the case? I think it's hard to believe. You think you just I took can't... a boner pill that's friend gave him, and boom, like because you know your boys always got those boner pills for you. <laughs> you know me, and, like, you know, me and my boys like. We go out and shit. We just had boner pills for each other and shit. It's like you have that friend who always has a pack of gum. Yeah. Like the one that always has the pre-workout and the one that always has the boner pills. And then they're like, oh, I didn't tell you that boner pill had steroids in it. My bad. Well, apparently he didn't know. No, it wasn't disclosed on the packaging that it had clomiphene in it. Uh, Meanwhile, Brock Lesnar is having like foot cream tested and all kinds of stuff. Like thinking that clomiphene might be in that. I mean, tainted supplements are a real thing, but man, though that story, uh, I don't know about that story, Matt. Uh, a dick pill that you know. just took. I don't know. It sounds knowing fishy. How, it sounds fishy. Knowing how strict USADA is these days, it's like, why would you do that? Donald Cerrone said all he does is he gets a supplement, he takes a picture, he sends it to USADA, they tell him yes or no, and that's it. Seems simple. Seems pretty simple. Hot damn. UFC 205. Are you going to be able to watch the show considering you'll be in New York but wrestling? Maybe. I don't know. I'll probably just uh, probably just wrestle and go home. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a lot more foot traffic because Madison Square Garden is going to be packed. It's New York City yeah. as is, so it's always packed sure. on a Saturday night. So if I don't know if it's going to be extra crazy first MMA event plus, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to get in, wrestle, do my job, you know, and then uh, probably get home because I got to wrestle the next day. Do you see the stiff competition you guys are facing from not only you guys, but UFC, SNL? Did you see who they booked for this week's Saturday Night Live? I did not. Dave fucking Chappelle. Ooh, that's good. That's they got Dave Chappelle and a tribe called Quest. First time Dave Chappelle will have done any Dave, like, skit work in 10 years. Dave Chappelle on SNL. 
I'm pretty stoked, and I'm a big fan of a tribe called Quest too. So I'm a big I'll fan. Be- of, I'm a big fan of Dave Chappelle, but I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. What do you know? I don't know if he still got it. I don't know if he's the oh, same I- Dave Chappelle. Dude, I, I saw him do stand up a couple years ago. He was phenomenal. All was- right. Yeah, I believe. He was drunk as shit on stage, but he was still really good. That's what makes it good sometimes. Sometimes you just got to be free. Got to be, yeah. got to be a little drunk sometimes. Would you say that you have ever done any performances free? Performances free? Yeah, free. Like wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you got to pay your dues. Everybody does performances for free. Not like that. Have you ever been high when you wrestled, Matt? High when I wrestled? Not not in competition. Okay. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. You don't you don't do that. You don't you don't mix business and pleasure. Everybody hey, some guys do. And that's that's bad. That's rough. Hey. Hey. I mean, how many times I mean, literally, the Sandman would go out there drunk off it. He would get drunk on his way to the ring. Well, chugging a beer for showmanship and smoking a cigarette isn't getting drunk. You know, that's Well, just... he fell down on the ring and pissed all over the mat. So, I mean. Well, that time definitely was drunk. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard some and... stories that they partied a little hard. So, I can't say. I personally think it's a little unprofessional. Like, if somebody came out to the ring and they were sloppy drunk, I'd probably have to go at them pretty hard. Plus, I mean, all this. Uh, Jake Roberts used to do it. Thank God he turned his life around. Rick Rude used to be really bad about that. I heard uh, he would come to the ring messed up. But uh, man, so UFC two hundred five big card, changing card. lives in Madison Square Garden this Saturday. You could split that card in half and have two really good cards still. You could. You really could. What fight are you most looking forward to on that show, if any? Uh, I think everybody's <clears throat> everybody's looking for the big money fight. I yeah. think it's Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez. That's the fight. Right, that fight's on yeah. this card, right? I'm, 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, I'll, that's, I'll run it down. Don't worry, that, I'm that's, covered that, that. That's that's the big one in my head. Like that that should be the main event. If it's not, they're crazy. Of course it is. Yeah, I got you covered. I've got the card right here, man. Sweet. Yeah. Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez. How do you think this one goes stylistically? Because it's it's a really interesting matchup. Eddie Alvarez has those short arms. Conor McGregor has a giant reach advantage on him. Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez hasn't went the distance in a while, but we've seen that he absolutely can go the distance. How, how do you he, think this he, one can, he can go the distance. There's no doubt in my mind right now in his career he can't. He, he can go the distance. Uh, the thing is – Connor's he's he's good, you know. He's long, he's dangerous, but at the same time, it's like Eddie's tough. And I think a big thing with Connor's you gotta you gotta beat him up, you know. And I think and you can't just beat him up a little bit. You gotta beat him up round after round, and you gotta like break him, you know. So I think that's what Eddie has to do. I think he has to push a pace, clinch, take him down, finish him. I think Connor has to circle, stay away, use kicks, use his, you know, elusive movement, and try to stay away from the boxing of, you know, Eddie Alvarez. 
Yeah, one of the things I mentioned last night on our show with Showdown Joe, uh, Conor McGregor's stance makes it hard for people to go to the body unless he's up against the cage. Like he, he has that that stance. It's just, it's I don't want to say different, but it's hard to go to the body. Now, when that that was a tactic that Nate Diaz used, he would push him up against the cage and go to the body. But you don't see a lot of guys as good as Nate or his brother at doing that because generally, when they back somebody up against the cage, it's lights out because they unload. I don't doubt that Eddie Alvarez can muscle him to that position. I just wonder about closing the distance with that reach advantage of McGregor. But, uh, man, that's a hell of a fight. That's great fight. And it would have been Frankie Edgar had he won. Like, if he would have beaten Jose Aldo, this would be Frankie Edgar versus uh, Conor McGregor in the main event in New York. I can't, I can't believe he lost. Right? I can't believe Frankie Edgar lost. Because that's the second time he lost to Jose Aldo, too, right? Yeah. What do you make of Conor McGregor's claims that nobody is the same after fighting him? I don't even know because what that means. He says that nobody is ever the same after fighting him. and Like financially or like Well, I mean, just, I, I don't know if he mentally, physically, whatever. Well, I mean, he, he means that it's changed them sometimes for the worst. And I looked, I looked down at the last few people he fought and it's like Nate Diaz doesn't want to fight anybody but Conor McGregor now Jose Aldo has threatened to retire if he doesn't get to face Jose Aldo uh Chad Mendez lost after McGregor and now he's suspended for two years uh Dennis Seaver has never won after fighting Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier he switched weight classes but he had a great degree of success Diego Brandau and Marcus Brimage are both out of the UFC really the only one who has seriously thrived and continues to thrive is Max Holloway because Max Holloway, man, he has not missed a beat. That when's dude, he gonna get a shot? He's fighting Anthony Pettis in Toronto at two oh six. Maybe they'll make that for the interim interim title since the interim champion also doesn't want to fight. Who's the interim champ again? It? Yeah. Well, I think if Holloway beats Pettis, I think that fight should happen. Aldo. Depending on who wins the next yeah. fight. Like, if Connor wins this fight, he's probably going to take the 55 belt and then drop the 45-pound belt, and then Jose Aldo will be the champion again like nothing ever happened. He claims that he'll defend both of them, and as active as he is, I believe he could. But, I mean, that's just – that's too – wouldn't that be too much to ask? I mean, Connor McGregor, I look back at how he looked physically at 145 pounds – and he always looked sick, especially in comparison to how we've seen him in the past year. Now, I, you know, this is not even near what we saw you at at 170. Could you imagine ever cutting to 170 again in your life? I wouldn't want to. I, I could imagine it for sure. I wouldn't want to. I mean, especially if I, if I had the time, it's doable. But like you said, like I saw a picture of me the other day at 170, like the day before weigh-ins. And I was so skinny, just so yeah. much skinnier. And then, like, I look at myself now, and I'm like, I look healthy. I'm, like, bigger. It's like, I'd rather just be like this, and it's pretty sweet. It's so weird to think that you and Anthony Rumble Johnson fought at a weight class that Conor McGregor fought at this year. That's so weird to think. And I don't think people understand that size difference. Against Eddie Alvarez, I don't think the size difference will be even as much as it was against Nate Diaz because Nate had competed a few times at 170. 
Eddie's not – I don't know if he's ever competed at 170, but uh, Conor McGregor has a reach advantage that he did not have against Diaz. But I, I mentioned Frankie Edgar, Matt. Instead of facing Conor McGregor on this show, he's on the prelims fighting Jeremy Stevens. What do you think of that fight? Jeremy Stevens has been looking extremely good. So I'm probably going to have to go with Stevens on that one. I think he's got something to prove, too. Like, after that that uh, war of words with Conor. Yeah, after that press conference, he really needed After he got ethered. He, after everybody laughed at him in public. Yeah, he might need to. He might have, then again, that could work against him. Yeah. You know, it, you know the, the best part about mixed martial arts is you can, like, like, I guess you can do it with anything, but MMA specifically, it's, like, so hard to call or tell because it's, yeah. like, everybody is so good. And at this level, like, like you said, half of the guys Conor McGregor's beaten are either, like, out of the UFC or haven't won a fight since or there's only, like, one or two that are actually still doing okay or fighting. And it's just – and it's and it's crazy, you know what I'm saying? And it's just an every, it's always like that. People are coming in and out, coming and going. That's a really good so point. Competitive. And Dana White was asked by a reporter why he didn't offer Ronda Rousey a tune-up fight, and he flat out said because she might lose it. Because he pointed at, at Tony Ferguson, who beat Rafael dos Anjos this weekend. And he almost got beat by Lando Venata at a last-minute replacement fight a few months ago, and nobody knew who the hell Lando Venata was before that. And he was like, it's, it's really hard to, to do tune-up fights in MMA. And a lot of people are overlooking Jeremy Stevens, and I really think they shouldn't be. Everybody's really good in MMA, and that's what people don't realize. The big difference between like getting really good and like kind of just plateauing and staying where you are is training – and the only way you can get really good is like making enough money where you can pay for high level training. Yeah. Like into, what, what about CM Punk? Is he really good? Well, he pays. He well, he, like you said, for the amount of time he spent training, he did pretty good for his time yeah. in the octagon. Right? Made it did almost you watch, two minutes. Did you watch Chris Avila fight this weekend? Wait, you mean Kid Cash? No, not Chris Avila. Oh. Kid Cash, CM Punk would murk Kid Cash. Kid Cash, I saw a video of him getting knocked out. I, I don't know if that was his. I thought that was this past weekend. It was. It was. He got his ass. Dude, kicked. he just got uppercutted like 30 times. What, did he even train or what was he thinking? He claims that he did and he wants to fight CM Punk. And I'm like, you don't want those problems, dude. You do, well, if you well, got your no, ass if he bought CM Punk, that would be even, bro. Don't even act ah, like Come on, man. No, you, CM Punk, you come on, man. Punk's been training with Ruf, at Rufus Sport with, like, Tyron Woodley. It and, doesn't matter, bro. Like, you said, like I, I, you can get knocked out. You can get submitted any time, any day. If you just, like, sure, if you get but, punched in the jaw and you shoot and you get guillotined or anything can happen. Had had Kid Cash been put in the same position as CM Punk, I would have given him maybe fifteen seconds, maybe fifteen seconds. Yeah, well, maybe there was maybe a video. Kid Cash has a sweet ground game. He didn't get to see it. He just got clinched and uppercutted to sleep. <laughs> I doubt it. There was a, a a cool radio or a podcast clip I saw where Mickey Gall was on the show on a podcast with like a it was in a giant room of people. And they were kind of clowning 
CM Punk for getting beat so quickly, and somebody was like, okay, well, why don't one of you all see how long you can you last? You told me this, and he only lasted yeah. like 20 seconds or something. or 15 seconds, and Mickey Gall let the guy start and mount. Like, that's insane. That's Do I still have your – okay, there you go. I thought I lost your audio for a second. No way. Nah, you're good. You don't lose this Other... audio, bro. Other big fights, Tyron Woodley versus Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Ooh, that is big. I, you know, I want Tyron Woodley to win it. I really do. But I just feel like Steven Wonderboy, the Wonderboy is going to pull it off. The Wonderboy is pretty elusive. It's it's like the same thing as like the Eddie Alvarez fight against, you know, Connor. The Wonderboy fight against Woodley is the same fight, you know. Tyrone's got to get in, dirty box, get the takedown, control, ground and pound. And Wonderboy's just got to stay on the outside, use his distance and range and strike. Like I said about McGregor's stance, uh, Stephen Thompson's stance is also very – it seems like it would be hard for Tyron Woodley to get inside to land that big power punch. And uh, I think it was one of your former opponents, Chris Clements, that had scouted him and hit a nice foot sweep when he went southpaw. But you don't see that type of offense out of Tyron Woodley. You don't see a lot of kicks from him. I mean, I'm sure that could change. But um, it's it's a rough stylistic matchup for Tyron Woodley, unless it goes to the ground, because I think he could smother Wonder Boy on the ground. Well, I, I really think it's what Tyron does on the feet. Uh the big thing is when you're when you attack a striker that good, you don't really want to chase him too much, but you don't also want to stay in his range and get beat up. So it's 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 tricky. It's almost like you got to make hit the striker chase you, and then when he chases you, take your shot, strike, shoot, do your thing. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this fight. It has ramifications for for other people on this show, namely Donald Cerrone, who's fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Cerrone has looked awesome at 170. He's facing a pretty big 170-pounder. But, I mean, even at 170 pounds, Donald Cerrone doesn't look small or anything. Like, he looks like a normal-sized 170-pounder. The interesting thing about Kelvin Gastelum is the fights that he's lost against Tyron Woodley and Neil Magny – they haven't really pressured him. And if you've ever seen a Donald Cerrone fight, you know that he's probably going to pressure somebody. How do you think all this place plays uh, plays into that fight? Well, I don't know. Is Kevin going to make weight? Because he's missed weight. Kelvin. Or is it Calvin? Calvin. Kelvin. Kelvin. K-E-L-V-I-N. Kelvin. It's like a mixture. Gastelum. What do you think about parents naming their kids Kelvin? They can do that if that's what they desire, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, you know, honestly, Dow Cerrone's... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
really good. He's really tough. Uh, he's fast for a welterweight. Like you said, he's the same size as welterweight. He's he's always been tall and gang- lanky for his weight. And now, like welterweight, he's kind of like the same size. He's like a moderate-sized welterweight in height. But at the same time, he's got the speed of a lightweight and probably a good enough good amount of power as well. So, I don't know. You know, that, that's a trick fight. Neil Magny is a tough fight, you know, and so is Tyrone Woodley. So, those aren't two bad losses to have on your resume. Not at all. You know, but at the same time, Ty, uh, Cowboy Cerrone is pretty legit. So, I don't know. Big one. If I'm the UFC, I would schedule Donald Cerrone on every single show that I had a welterweight title fight on, just in case one of those two guys in the main event pull out, because you know Cerrone would take it on an hour's notice. Oh yeah, and you know he'd pop, and you know he'd be on weight too. I mean, yeah, he is. He's a really just fun thing about MMA, and it it's overlooked the fact that he's won eleven of his last twelve fights. Yeah, he's pretty legit. What his last loss was Rafael, right? Dos Anjos? Uh yeah. But he fought him for the belt, right? Uh yeah, last year. And, yeah, because he came in there and I thought he was gonna win the belt and he got his bell rung and then he's been at welterweight since, right? Yeah, I ate that kick to the body. That was nasty. Dude guys are brutal. <laughs> Donald Cerrone, he's always had a little bit of that susceptibility to body kicks. Him and I noticed him and Matt Brown a lot too. Matt Brown, like in in that fight with Eric Silva, Matt Brown got dropped like eighty four times with body kick. You know what it is, guys that are very aggressive with the striking. They usually have good chins, but like not weak bodies. But if you hit their body enough and pinpoint it, you can drop them. You know? Yeah. But they keep going. They got heart, like. Yeah, Matt Brown definitely had heart in that Eric Silva fight. I was there live. It was insane. Uh, we also have Joanna Janjacek versus Carolina Kovalkovich for the Women's Strawweight Championship. Now, Matt, I talked about this last night as well. Carolina told a really awesome story. She said that four years ago when she debuted as a pro, she bought her shorts the day before for a dollar at a secondhand store. Now she's in. she's on an ad in Times Square. How long do you think before you're on an ad in Times Square, Matt? Oh, you, you put the audio down. It's okay. Uh, no big deal. I didn't, I didn't hear anything you said, bro. I said, how long until you're on an ad in Times Square like Carolina Kavolkovich? Oh, bro, I don't know. I don't know. I think I could be on an ad right now in Times Square. But uh, I don't think it's happening anytime too soon. <laughs> You never know. You never could get pretty big. You, you know. never know. It could blow up. Yoana and Jacek, Carolina Kavolkovich. How do you think that one's going? I don't know. I don't know. You know. I have no idea, bro. MMA analyst Matthew Riddle, ladies and gentlemen. Because I'm not. I I haven't seen a lot of the women's mixed martial arts. I haven't been watching a lot of, you know, mixed martial arts lately, you know? Are you a sexist, Matt? Not at all. Not at all. How dare you, Matt? Not at all. That's that's not the case. I don't watch that much mixed martial arts, period, you know? 
I do my I do my Period. homework. Is that another woman joke? That is not a woman joke. Ah. Don't even. Don't, you just signed a contract. Don't even, don't even make jokes like that. You know how people's there'll be an article in the New York Times, and they'll say <laughs> so, they'll say something about me beating my kids. And you're never like, getting into the WWE ruin, ever now. It'll ruin me. Just stop it. It's all Matthew awful. Riddle, famed famed child beater and woman hater. It's so it's so ridiculous. Fightful.com. That's what's up. Yay. <laughs> I think you I think Joanna's gonna beat the living shit out of Carolina, to be honest with you. And we'll leave that at that. Chris Weidman, Yoel Romero. Now Yoel Romero is about as old as oh god, Theodore Roosevelt's balls. He's Ooh. an he's an old dude. He's thirty nine years old. At what point and I, I compared him on a show this week to Alexis V or yeah, I think it was Alexis Via who was a really good, uh, I think, Cuban wrestler who looked really good in Bellator, and then all of a sudden he just couldn't buy a victory. Chris Weidman is coming off of neck surgery, so that's something to take into uh, consideration. This is a big, big, big middleweight fight. The winner probably gets a title shot, Matt. I think I think Weidman's got it all day. There's no Even after neck surgery, he's... He's a pretty, pretty good fighter. I've never seen Wyman not put on a good performance, you know? Like to beat yeah. Wyman, you had to really beat him. Yeah, he, he made that pretty, pretty uh, regrettable mistake against Rockhold, throwing the, the famed spinning shit that really, really just spelled the end for him. I don't think he's going to make that mistake against Joe Romero. And the thing that I like about these two is they're so similar. Like they're, they're very similar fighters. They, they have a lot of power in their hands and they're both fantastic wrestlers. However, Chris Weidman, I mean, he's a black belt in he's a black belt under Sarah and Henzo Gracie. So, I mean, that's got to play to his advantage, right? If that goes to the ground. It always plays to your advantage, but I think at this level of mixed martial arts, everybody's extremely high level, you know? It's just the skill of taking somebody down and holding somebody down is hard enough, let alone applying submissions, holds, and and holding position to ground and pound, especially when the guys are this athletic, you know? Yeah. Speaking of holding people down, Khabib Nurmagomedov, who once had, I think, 21 takedowns in a three-round fight against Michael Johnson. Now, Michael Johnson usually has, has an advantage on the ground over a lot of guys. He's not going to have that advantage here, but he does have a whole lot of power, and I think his boxing is much better than Khabib's. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of this? I don't know. Khabib kind of reminds me of, like, a lighter weight, Fedor Emelianenko, you know, like he's got your Russianist. You're you're stereotyping all Russians. I, I did not. I did not. I'm just saying his striking technique. It's unorthodox in the sense it comes it comes more round. You know, it's not. It's like it's like a cat when it's really pissed off fighting another cat and it does that swat. Yeah, you, you know, it's it's unorthodox but extremely effective. His takedowns are world class. And he's scrappy, you know. I think I think he has a lot of elements of the game you just can't teach. You gotta have, and uh, I, I put my money on Khabib all day. 
Yeah, I do too. Um, All day, every day. Nothing against Johnson. I took a, <laughs> I took a bet with somebody. Ah, oh, God, I wish I remembered who it was. And I think it was the Abel Trujillo fight. It was the fight where he landed 21 takedowns. And I said that he was going to take the guy down at least five times. And, boy, that was easy money. I got that back in about oh, 30 seconds, I think. So I'm looking forward to Khabib fighting again. He's got to win impressively here because he was in line for a title shot. But after Tony Ferguson beat Dos Anjos last weekend, Khabib isn't even ranked number one anymore. Uh, Tony Ferguson is, so he needs a big win here. Those, also, ra- those rankings. Yeah, they're pretty great, right? How, where do you think you'd be ranked in the Evolve rankings right now? Oh, I got to be ranked up there. Right? I got to be ranked the top three, top top five, lowest. What you should do is campaign for a title shot, and if they don't give you one, institute your own interim evolve championship. You know what the t- the title will come eventually. I feel. I, I think. I think right now my goal is just you know just keep having good matches and keep doing my thing. You know, I would I would love to have the belt, but. When it's time, it's time. But you have a couple of years at least now, right? Oh yeah. So that's that's promising. And the, thing, and the thing is, it's a WWN you know deal, so I can wrestle for all the other leagues in WWN, such as like Pacific Coast Wrestling. Be I already wrestled for Beyond, and there's FIP. There's so many other you know, yeah, companies. Misha Tate versus Raquel Pennington. Raquel Pennington is a very, very underrated fighter. Uh, but I think that if a 125-pound division existed, she would benefit from that greatly. Misha Tate looking to come back, get a big win, and probably wants a big fight after this. How do you think this one goes? I think, you know, Misha Tate has a lot to prove, and I think, you know, she she needs to prove it. I think she needs to yeah. go out there and get it done. She does. If she wants a fight with uh, Juliana Pena or Ronda Rousey, because I don't know if she'll get one against Amanda Nunes again, but if she wants a fight against one of those people, she's got to win impressively. Now, I won't necessarily ask you about this fight, but I'll ask you this. What do you make of the fact that Tiago Alves is scheduled for a 155-pound fight? Is that real? Yes, he's fighting Jim Miller on this show. Jim Tiago Alves versus Jim Miller. Keep in mind, Tiago Alves missed welterweight twice. I know. I was in the UFC when he missed welterweight so many times. And then, then one time when he made it, he tested positive for a diuretic. Yeah. And the one other time, he was, he don't, he was on the Dolce diet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, – Maybe he lost a bunch of weight, you know, maybe he lost a bunch of muscle or something. I don't know. That's the only well, what do you think would attribute to a muscle loss today in MMA, Matt? I don't know. I'm not kidding. Dan Hardy <laughs> said he's lighter. He'd probably one fifty five if he came back, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So, he said he could fight one. So, you know, right there's a dream fight for these two scrawny veterans. Would you uh make one fifty five to, to fight no. Dan Hardy? I couldn't make 155 without dying. I would die. Damn. I would die physically. Damn. I would die. UFC 20- I would die at 170 most likely at this point. <laughs> UFC 205. We have a live viewing party. 
Uh, at Fightful.com, we've got a ton of videos, a ton of articles, all kinds of stuff so at Fightful.com. Uh, podcast after the show, of course, right after the show. Matt, I watched the canal last week. So, bro, what, what did you think? I think that I live in a house that is 140 years old, and my wife was fucking terrified. Dude, dude, I told you it was a pretty spooky film. It was a legit film. I loved it. I thought it was great. It gets you. It gets you. It's brutal. Pretty good stuff, man. Like, And then I recommended it to some people on Twitter. I saw that. Uh, it was. Uh, it came highly recommended, and it delivered, dude. Like, I got to say, I'm, I'm impressed in your, your taste of horror films thus far. Well, you know, I like the slasher ones as well. I'll go with the Jason Voorhees and the Krugers and the Michael Myers. But uh, – at the same time, he's like, 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 that's a movie that you can't really watch again because you know what happens, kind yeah. of like the Sixth Sense or stuff. But it's always good to have like that movie in the back pocket for somebody if they've never seen it, you know? Yeah, I kind of speculated that the ending would be the ending uh, around the, I'll say this, around the time he was vomiting in a bathroom. I was like, could it be? Well, it well, was, what about was... the ending? The ending where the kids in the car with his grandma. Oh crap! Boom! There goes the dynamite, bro. But then I was like, why did he let go of the kid in the first place? You know, at the end, if that's what he wanted to do. Well, I, was, I don't think that's only... not what he wanted to do. That was just like the monsters or the bad that guy, true. you know, controlling things at that point. One of the only things I wish they would have done is elaborate on the old films a little more because I love that stuff. Whenever people find like old films, and, and- they, they should do a series, not necessarily yeah. of the canal, but of a show like that, so you can have a little more longevity. Even if it's sure, only one think- season, kind of like that horror story one. Yeah, uh, you mean American Horror yeah, Story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I've been watching that with my wife this season. I don't I didn't traditionally like that show, but this season it's been really good. It's a lot of like found footage stuff. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is the man in like everything. Oh, like, okay. All right. He, he was he was pretty legit. I didn't that. know he was and, in that. I didn't know he was that's really yeah. legit. Cool. Yeah, he's he's the man. Because he was in that that OJ show that the same creator made. So uh yeah, this show this year it's been really, really awesome. Like I actually sit down and watch it with her every week. I'm a big fan of like the found footage stuff because it gives more of a sense of realism than a lot of stuff does. You I know what I mean. It's like the like the newer Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Where I like to believe that it would happen to me. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, it's all black and white, and the cops are walking through the house finding like flesh. You're like, oh man, kind of Blair yeah. Witchy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good movie like that. Shit. Uh, well, the, some of the first paranormal activities were okay, but I think if they, I think I said this to you, if they condensed those into a couple movies, it would have been really awesome. But there was one that was based in the '90s, and they had uh, a camera set on an oscillating fan, so the the fan would make it pan back and forth, and you never knew what would show up when the camera would pan. Also, you didn't know that you could knock your pop filter off while ever while you were talking to Matt Riddle on a podcast either. But I just did that. That's pretty. That's pretty brutal. Have you seen this? Have you seen this new thing? This mannequin, mannequin Johnny. I've seen people talk about it, but I haven't seen it. What is it? So basically, people just stand like this, like 
or like doing a pose or whatever, but they stand like they're a mannequin, like. Yeah. You know, but like it'll be a huge group of them, and they'll like be playing music, and somebody will like walk around and film everybody like in position. And I guess wow. they call a mannequin. Are are you mannequin anything? Nah, nah. That's a weird one. It's a weird one, but it's something you know. Like you hit it. Like all I had to do is hit like a bro to sleep, and then mannequin, big mannequin. <laughs> And you should. Like, oh, you, you yeah. should try that. No, it's, the thing is, it's money, and it'll be like you know. But to, well, something tells me if you uh, cheap, hit a road a, sleep on somebody, they're going to be mannequing. It's a it's a cheap pop. It's a cheap pop. Hey, I mean, you've came up with bro riddle bro and the mannequin. Bro, bro thing. riddle bro hasn't hasn't taken off yet, but I think this weekend. Oh, it's gonna. I think this weekend Eddie Ball, it, it, it's a possibility. For sure. Bro Riddle Bro is a good one. It, I was pretty. It, it's good. But you know what it is? People just like yelling bro. It's yeah. like it's like the new yes. It is. Bro. It's, I saw that and I was like, okay, so Matt's getting into pro wrestling. He's got He's got the background. Everybody tells me he's picking it up quick. And then you've got the catchphrase. Three letters. Easy. Chantable. You can put it on merchandise. Bro, little bro, bro-tastic, bro-amazing, bro, bro-anything. Yeah. Man. Bro-plex, bro-jitsu. Bro. Yeah, you can incorporate it into, like, everything you do. Bro-driver, bro-buster, bro-stone. What move, as you say, bro-driver, kind of reminds me. Are there any moves that you have been asked to do to somebody and you're like, ah, the the only things I don't like to be asked to do is like actually like hurt people like like all like actually like throw my head off a corner post I'm like yeah. no like well, I want my ear to bleed I'm like well that's no like I'm not gonna that's, I'm not gonna do that that's not that's a good way to maybe never make money again if you're the other guy because you know, if you get a concussion and never be the same yeah or uh, or like they'll be like. Uh, like maybe like slam me on the floor, and it's like, are you sure? Like, I'm pretty sure we can just have a good match in the ring. Maybe I'll catch a dive or something, or you know, I don't think I need to like pick you up and slam you on the floor, you know. But some, there- sometimes people demand it, they're like, nah, it's like we're in the main event, you need to slam me on like a chair or something. Are there any moves that you're just like terrified of taking? Triple H said that. He won't go like you know how they do the thing where you throw them in between the top and middle rope and you get posted. He said that he won't do that. He's terrified of doing that. What do you mean thrown in between? Like, uh, say the two ropes are right here and you're you're throwing somebody in between them to hit their shoulder on the the ring post. Yeah. He says he's he's afraid of doing that. He won't do it. I did I did that this past weekend and bruised my shoulder. It was trash. <laughs> So it might be justified, right? It's real as hell. I went in hard as hell, though. You, gotta, you know, you got to protect the business. The only thing that I, I – which, I mean, I've seen a lot of – when I did my little bit of training, I hated taking back body drops because you – well, mainly because the people that were giving them to me, I didn't trust enough because, to be honest – they were trash. I hear you. I hear, you know what the you know what the big thing about wrestling is. 
I feel like, especially wrestling practice, I feel like it's very hard to have the energy to like, yeah. and I don't mean to do the moves, but to like take the moves and sell the moves because that's what the the biggest part is. And like, and taking a move like that, even like taking a power bomb, a German suplex, any like a superplex, like taking that shit in practice isn't fun. Like, why would? Because I mean, you get in front of the crowd and it just turns on. Yeah, you know your drones pumping. You're going, you're going with it. You know, but like if you're just like in practice, you're just like kind of getting the wind knocked out of you. Do you find that pro wrestling like even satisfies your competitive urges? It it does in the sense that it it depends on who I'm working with. You know. Uh, when you when you work with really good people and you can actually put a good match together and your styles can mesh instead of like one person just trying to get all their stuff in or one person just trying to get all their style in. Like I wrestled a lucha group this past weekend and they just wanted to basically do like a whole lucha style match and really couldn't like couldn't really understand not doing a whole Lucia style match to the point where like I actually hit a springboard hurricane around that during the match. You know what I'm saying? So Man. and like so it was like that. And uh but like I, I prefer matches like where like a like I'll go against a more of a Lucha store style like a ricochet or something. But at the same time when I catch him I'm still gonna hit my suplexes and I'm gonna wrestle him to the ground and slow him down. And like kick him and slow him down, you know, and beat him up. While like his story is like he needs to get away, create that space, get that speed, and hit me with some high flying attack because he needs to hit me with everything he's got, you know. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, I mean, you used to fight and wrestle, obviously, and sometimes that type of sometimes it's something people look forward to. Sometimes it's not. Was it was that something that you were like, oh, I can't wait to compete like this? Yeah, I I like competing, and I'll be honest, I love the way you compete, especially in like, well, I love fighting, and I love wrestling, all the amateur stuff, and even the professional stuff, like fighting, but like, professional wrestling's fun, because it's like, it's a different kind of competition, because it's like, like, what can we think about, what can we do, what can we do yeah. within our, like, time limit, our count, you know, and like, it's a psychological exercise. That's yeah. how I always do. And it's like, how are we going to entertain this crowd? How are we going to make everybody talk about this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make it better than the last one? And uh, what did we do last time? What can we add? You know, what can we take away? Whatever, you know, what did work? What didn't work? Matt, tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter, where they can get your sweet merch before we go. Well, I will post up a PayPal link. I haven't in a while, so I need to do that. Post that PayPal link for that sweet riddle merch. So I'm not. Actually, <laughs> That's a Dragon Ball Z shirt. I'm wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt and a Batman hat. I'm not wearing any of my merch right now. But you can find me. I think I changed my Instagram to like Riddle Bro. I think I did that, and I think I need to change my Twitter handle. But right now, my my Twitter handle is RiddleTuff7. Let me take a look here. Riddle Bro. Hell yeah, you did. You see, so I'm getting on it. Guys, uh, speaking of Instagram, we have new photo galleries up at Fightful.com. We have our new forums up, all kinds of 
new things for you all to enjoy there. We're going to have wall-to-wall UFC 205 coverage. My ass is going to be up at 2 to 3 in the morning doing a podcast for you guys. Oh, hey. You're such a gentleman, bird. Yeah. Plus, I got a nice Canadian showdown Joe who will be on the show as well. So, I didn't watch Raw this week. Did anything funny happen? (laughs) No. Oh. Raw was... As you say, Raw was trash. Was it? Like nothing like I know Seth Rollins is roadblock. Chris Jericho. I saw that on the Facebook. Yep. That's about it. But I mean they didn't even announce that. Oh, that's just uh insider backpage knowledge. No, it's uh the arena announced it. Uh Paint Arena announced that, so Meh. Mm. Apparently, WWE's going to reduce the number of pay-per-views, though. They should. They probably should. They had, like, 20 this year. 20. That's, That's a lot. But now they got two brands, so it's like they need to start combining brands on pay-per-views. They might move. Well, did you see? that? That's probably the most interesting thing of the week is that Kalisto is going to face – Brian Kendrick at Survivor Series for the Cruiserweight title. If Kalisto wins, the Cruiserweights are going to SmackDown. Now, that's important because that 205 Live show is on right after SmackDown. Yeah. So that's so probably, that happen. That's probably what's going to happen. Well, even if it doesn't happen, that 205 show is still right after SmackDown. So. How far off from 205 are you right now? Oh, I can make 205 in a second. But I don't think I I don't think I want to be, and this is no disrespect to anybody. <laughs> I don't think I want to be part of the two hundred five live. Matt Riddle trashes the cruiserweight. No, division. I did not say that. <laughs> I just, you know what? I just think right now the WWE has so much going on in the mm-hmm. sense with like new brands with the NXT and the new brand with the SmackDown has its own. Even though they've done it before, it's still like it's new. They're splitting it up. And now there's like the NXT, SmackDown, Raw, and now 205 Live. Plus Superstars and Main Event. Well, Superstars and Main Event are still like, well, which ones do they take over? Are those just like... On Raw and SmackDown individually. So like each one has okay. So they're they're duty. They're pointless shows. Yeah. I don't even know why we cover them, but we do because we are a complete wrestling MMA and boxing website. Maybe we can get you to cover Total Bellas one week, Matt. I actually watched Total Bellas today. Did you interview? What'd you think? Uh, Nikki Bella just giving Brie Bella a hard time about Daniel Bryan and his problems. Daniel Bryan's upset that he can't wrestle anymore, and Nikki Bella's like, "That's not your problem, Brie." Damn, like, you know, like, and Brie's like, "Don't tell me how to like support my husband." Shit's getting real. At, what at, do you think of John Cena at, on that show? Jer- you know, I've heard, and this is not a diss to anybody. I've I've heard stories about John Cena from other people I've wrestled with and just through through the grapevine, as you would say. And then when I see him on that show, and I I've been on reality TV shows and stuff like that, yeah. so I could kind of take the two and put it together. And he he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. You can tell you can tell that he's just like not the kind of guy I would personally probably want to hang out with. 
nice yeah. guy though. But just not I wouldn't want to be at his house. I'll see him in public. You know. Interesting. They I think they try really hard to make him look like a douchebag on that show because they gotta have a villain. Well, Every show's gotta have a villain. Well, I don't, I don't think I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. I think it's just like he likes certain things a certain way, and like I said, like outside of his house, probably like legit. But like his house, his rules, like and like that's kind of like if you live at his house, it's kind of like a relationship too, you know? Like at like on the show at least. Like if yeah. I was just visiting, it might be different. But at the same time. I feel like he's worked very hard for what he has, so he likes his things the way he has them. You know, yeah, he's a perfectionist. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like, I don't like hanging out with perfectionists. I don't mind working with a perfectionist. I don't like hanging out with a perfectionist. That's completely understandable because perfectionists are sometimes they're they're tough to have fun with. Hey, sometimes I don't want to plan anything, and I just want to feel and see what happens. Well, thankfully. You're able to plan this slot each week, <laughs> but uh, that's right, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I'll be back with Matt next week, obviously. Uh, me and Showdown Joe right after UFC 205. We're staying up late for you guys, Matt. Anything to tell the people before we go? Hey, just you know, check out Blow Slam big weekend, big weekend with uh, Evolve 72 and 73. Dustin. Formerly known as Chuck Taylor, you know, and then uh, fellow Kentuckian. And then I'm most excited. Nothing against Chuck Taylor. Most excited for Chris Hero three and Joe from Maryland, which will probably be a packed house both nights. So it'll be sick. I'm excited. So can't wait to check that out. We'll we'll have coverage of those events, of course, on Fightful.com. Supporting our dude Matt Riddle, of course. Uh, Sweet. Guys, Fightful.com, it's the place to be, you SOBs. Oh, hey, just trashing our demographic. Trashing them. Damn. Trashing them. Damn, bro. Catch you guys later.